Welcome to Broadway's Backbone with Brad Bradley, a podcast dedicated to the men and women of the ensemble, the chorus of dancers, singers, and actors that are the foundation of every Broadway musical. These often unsung gypsies are the hardest working people on the boards and are, well, Broadway's Backbone. Welcome to episode 39. Our special guest is Nathan Peck. Hi, Nathan Peck, and welcome to Broadway's Backbone. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm so good. I'm just going to start and read your credits. So, Dance of the Vampires, Taboo, Boy from Oz, Lacage, Wicked on Broadway and in Chicago, and currently you are in Kinky Boots. Yes, that's correct. So, where are you from and how did you get started? Um, I grew up in Plano, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas, and... Um, I started dancing when I was four years old. I had an older sister. She's nine years older than me, and she always took dance. And when I was, like, four, I basically, I mean, this is how my mother tells it, of course, but I went up to my mother and said, you know, Mother, I want to be in dance class. Will you put me in dance class? She said yes, so she put me in dance class, and that was kind of it, you know. So I've always kind of been wanting to dance since the beginning of time, it seems. (laughs) Um, yeah, so, you know, I've been dancing my whole life. Uh, I started singing, like, in my church choir uh, almost right after that. By the time I was, like, six or seven, I was singing at church. And then by the time I was in, like, middle school, like, seventh, eighth grade, I started doing theater more. And, you know, as high school progressed, I did a little bit more theater, did a lot of, uh, forensics, which I don't know, a lot of people don't know about forensics, but, um... Nothing. It's, there's the, the debate sort of side of it, but then there's also the sort of acting side of it, which is there's different events called like humorous interpretation, dramatic interpretation, duets, where you take scene work from plays, basically. And if you do a duet, obviously you're doing a scene with another actor. But if you're doing a humorous interpret, dramatic interpret, you're basically doing a scene from a play by yourself and you're playing all of the characters. So it was definitely like kind of a crash course and acting and character work. Oh, wow, and, I like that. Yeah, which is really interesting. Um, and so I did that, and then I went to college at Oklahoma City University and studied dance performance and was there for four years and worked during my summers. I worked at Fiesta Texas Theme Park in San Antonio, uh-huh. which was weird, and um, a lot of Texas theme stuff. And, um, uh, I also worked at Disney World for a summer as a dancer. I worked at Music Theater of Wichita, um, doing summer stock three summers, not in a row consecutively, but, you know, three summers in between college and then after college. And then, uh, when I graduated, I moved up here and that's it. You know, I hit the ground running and it was just like, audition, 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 work, 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 make money, make money, live, yes, live. live. <laughs> How is it being a, a boy dancer in Texas? Um, you know, I didn't really have as many problems as you would probably think. I yeah. mean, I did run into, you know, the occasional sort of guy that, you know, thought they could sort of push me around or do whatever, but I, I didn't really encounter a lot of uh, negativity towards it, honestly. You That's know? great. I, I think, well, one of the selling points was that all of my friends were, or the majority of my friends were girls, and they were pretty girls, and they were popular at school. They were cheerleaders and on drill team, and, you know. Yeah. So, of course, nobody wanted to be mean to the guy that 
was friends with all the pretty girls. I mean, I knew all the pretty girls, so <laughs> why would you want to be mean to me? Like, I, I had the keys, man. So, uh, I yeah, I didn't really encounter a lot of stuff. And then also, I think once people sort of saw what I could do, I think it was kind of, like, obvious, like, oh, yeah, this kid should dance. He's, you yeah. know, he's good, yeah. you know? So I, I think that... I didn't really encounter a lot of stuff. My parents were super supportive, and everybody in my life was supportive. You know, I just yeah. didn't really... I was lucky that way, I guess. Yeah. Well, from what I know of you, good is an understatement. You are an amazing dancer. Oh, thanks. Amazing. Um, and, I mean, when we met, we that random carnival workshop... Yeah. ...that threw a lot of money at a Radio City show that never happened. Yeah. Um, but then we got to kind of work together on the Cheetah event. Yes. Which, working... For dancing, you did did a trio with Cheetah. Holy I just, mackerel! I just did a backup. Yeah, <laughs> so you like actually like did a thing with Cheetah. Yeah, which was amazing. But oh my god! But your incredible dance abilities is uh, I've always been in awe of. That's why when you wrote this Facebook post, I just decided I was like I have to ask him to interview him for my podcast. So yeah, read that. Read what you wrote. Okay, so. I, uh, let me preface this by saying that, like, okay. I had a moment of weakness. This is it. Emotionally, weak. well, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't generally post, like, super personal stuff on Facebook, just because I like to sort of keep it, like, you know, light and happy and interesting, and, you know, I, I, putting personal stuff on Facebook isn't really my, my jam, uh, no, even I, though it is for a lot of people. But this day, I decided to get really, like, down and deep and dirty. Anyway... <laughs> So I wrote this. I wrote, Today walking away from PT, I almost had a bit of a cry. As a dancer, it's hard to reconcile the body you had when you were young with the body you have when you're older. Our identities are so wrapped up in what flashy things we can do. How skinny we are, how high we can kick, and when that starts to fade, it can be crushing. A single injury can take it away in an instant. I've had a hard time over the past six months processing how I work without those things. I want my body to be enough always, as a dancer and as a person. And I want to have the patience of mind to accept where I'm at, where I've been, and where I can still go. Yeah. And I completely related to that because, I mean, I'm not in, injured right this second. Right. But I have been all the time. But I'm also just, I'm getting older. My yeah. body can't yeah. do things that it used to be. So how are, like, talk about this and why you're at this moment in your life. Well, I think that, I think hearing this my story sort of my history with dance and how long I've been doing it I mean kind of tells you gives you a little bit of insight into why I was having a bit of a moment because it's I don't know anything else you know I've been doing this for like 90% of my life dance is just like intrinsic to who I am and to have something that's that you know sort of uh who you know really like it's intrinsic to who you are it's it's kind of rattling when you realize oh it's not going to last forever or I can't do it the way I used to um you know I've had this injury I got injured about six months ago I pulled my adductor muscles which are like your groin muscles Mm -hmm. or whatever and then found out a few months after I injured it after I'd been through a little bit of PT that I had tendonitis at where the muscle adjoins to the hip uh to the hip bone so I have tendonitis all in my hip. I, you know, and I used to be sort of known, you know, in, in the world for being like super flexible and being able to kick my face and do all this kind of yeah. stuff. And now, like the, the day that I wrote this, I was in PT and 
I can't even stretch my leg over 90 degrees. So to go from something that is so like definitive or defining of who I am as a dancer and how I represent myself, how I get work, all of that kind of stuff. And then to be sort of on the other end of that where it's like, okay, that's taken away. Now, who are you now? What can you do? It was like, I, I just had a hard time, like sort of coming to terms with that and figuring out, okay, now does this mean, does this, is this it? Like, should I stop dancing or, you know, do I just have to shift my perspective on what kind of a dancer I am or what I have to offer? You know, is the, old, the older you get, you know, dancing is sort of a young person's, uh, job, you know, you have to sort of be young and lively and have that energy and you can still have that, but the older you get, the, you know, the less energy you have, the yeah. less your facility is working the way you want it to. Flights so, of stairs are hard. Flights of stairs are hard or, you know, you do one little thing or you sleep and you wake up and your back's wrenched and you're like, how did that happen? I was asleep, you know? So it's just not, you know, it's, it was just a moment where I kind of was like, I have to reassess the situation here. This is kind of a crossroads moment for me, you know? Where do I go? Do I keep dancing and try to shift how I present myself or do I kind of stop dancing and sort of shift into another aspect of dance you know choreography or movement or whatever or you know do I drop it all together and try to do something else or you know it's just so many questions started popping up that I was like I don't really know I don't know how to answer it I don't know what's next which was scary it's, it's super scary because we never realized that there might be some that we might have to do something else when we're in our 20s and in our 30s no I never I never I didn't even really get a, a significant injury until I was 36 or 37. Uh, so I went, what is that? I started when I was four, 33 years, never getting injured once, never, nothing, literally nothing. I was never injured. Okay. Not well, one time in my life. When we're going to talk about some of your shows. I don't know how that's possible. Which is crazy. <laughs> so, you know, when it started happening, I kind of thought, oh, okay, this is just like a moment, yeah. whatever. And I was at Wicked on the, at the time, and I we were dancing on a rake, which is really difficult. I thought, okay, it's just the rake. And then, you know, once I got kinky boots, I kind of stepped away from the rake. Things got a little bit better, but then things started popping up again. And I just kind of realized, like, oh, this is kind of what's going to happen now. This is where you're at, you know. When I was approaching 40, it was kind of like, oh, okay, my body's really starting to change you know, have to deal with that. Yeah. But right now you're back in the show and uh, I joked with you because you have a mustache. Right now you yeah. are playing a character, you're covering character men. Yes. Yeah. Basically, I mean, normally in the show I would care, I would cover all of the men in the show, but since I've been injured, I've kind of curtailed some of that coverage and have been able to stay with the show, but just cover sort of the character men in the show, which is also super interesting. I actually love doing that just as much as... I love dancing because then it gives me more of a challenge acting wise and, you know, creating like a fully formed character on stage, something that's not the same as everybody else and doing something different, which is just as equally as interesting to me. I mean, that's what theater is. You should, you have to do everything. So it kind of forced me into a different box and said like, okay, now you can't do this for a second. You know, what are you going to do here? And, you know, knowing who I am as a person, I'm kind of like, work okay let's do this like let's you know let's continue yeah Yeah. because it's always when people talk about oh that was a teachable teachable moment i see why that didn't happen or that didn't happen but when you're dealing with injuries 
it's hard to be like, oh yeah, I'm really thrilled that I threw out my back because it made me open up a different part of my head. About, yeah. It's, I don't know. It's <laughs> frustrating. It's super frustrating and it takes like sort of, a, there's like a cycle of like, you know, what you kind of go through. You're kind of like, ugh, that sucks. And then you get angry and then you get dark and then you get sad and then you kind of have to, you know, take a step back and process it and figure it out and see that there's a light, you know, with injury. It's like, a, you know, it's like a roller coaster. And I have a lot of friends that have been injured, obviously. I mean, I'm a dancer and I have dancer friends that have been injured before. And it's just not something I don't think that the emotional aspect of being injured, injured is not something that we kind of put out there very often. You know, I think because it can be kind of dark and sad and also, you know, in show business, you don't want to ever seem weak or sad or, you know, you don't want to present yourself as that. You want to present yourself as strong and, you know, malleable and, you know, confident and all that kind of stuff. And being injured kind of, it swings you the complete opposite direction. Yeah. And then people will go on hurting to make it worse because we don't want anyone to know. Because we don't want anyone to know. We don't want to seem like, uh, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not hireable. I'm not castable. Because I'm weak, or I'm going through something, or I'm hurt, or, you know, I'm not doing what someone that's 20 years younger than me is doing, you know. So it's, you know. There is a depression, because I think there's our whole identity is attached to what we can do with our bodies. Totally. And so when we can't do it, I mean, it's not like we can't do it anymore, we can't do it right now because we hurt ourselves and... Right. It's the hate that darkness. Yeah. It's like, I'm never going to... And nobody ever talks about it. You know, nobody ever... We all just kind of, like, we see each other on the street, or we see each other at a bar or whatever, and it's just like, hey, how are you? What's up? Oh, work, blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Keeping it light and conversational, and it's kind of, you know, not really the thing that people do right away. But, you know, I think it's, it's better to do that, because then you just realize, oh, I'm not... If I do think something or if I am going through something, if I talk about it with somebody or some, you know, that has or has not been injured, it's going to make you feel better. Like you have your community behind you or around you. Like, yes, we go through this. We get older. We get hurt. You know, it's easier to do it with people than without. Yeah, because the darkness, I mean, to do it alone, I mean, there's times where I'm like, I'm never even going to walk again, let alone dance again. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. But it's it's a natural process because... I mean, we're in a lot of pain. <laughs> yes. Seriously. Yeah. And it's disconcerting to not have the same, to have your facility change, you know? Yeah. It's not like, well, I mean, I guess to compare it to something else, it'd be like if you were a writer and then suddenly you had your your hand chopped off or something, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, okay, you can't write. Well, you can, but the way you sort of access that creativity is kind of altered. Yeah. You know? So it's doing all those, you know. Yeah, and it's not even it. just the creativity part. It's how we pay our bills. Yeah. Yes. And that's deep. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute. I'm not, like, that's paying my bills and I'm not creatively satisfied. Yeah. And so it's... It's all of it. It's all of it. And so that's why I loved... Um, that. I mean, I, I follow you on Facebook. You don't normally do that. But there's something about that honesty that... Because um, I think too in our relationship, when I see you, there is like, hey, girl, there is. We do have that. Yeah. We don't know each other that well. Yeah. So I was so impressed with that because, and I love the fact that it's superficial that like a million people felt like liked it because it just showed right there. Yeah. So many people understood that 
vulnerability. Yeah. Well, and I told a friend of mine, like, I, I came, was at PT. I came down. I was upset. I wrote this thing on Facebook. And I kind of just forgot about it. Like, I put my phone in my pocket, and I went about my day. Like, I had stuff to do. <laughs> so I, like, went and was, like, running my errands and, like, doing all these things. And then, like, maybe two or three hours later, I kind of picked up, picked up my phone and was like, what is happening? Like, what? <laughs> what's happening? What's blowing up? And I, like, looked at my phone, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And people were just, like, not even just, like, liking it or all, whatever, but, like, people were friends of mine that I maybe I hadn't seen in a while or maybe that I had seen and recently were like, I'm so glad it, I'm so glad you wrote this today. I really needed to hear this or I'm, you know, I'm right there with you. I know exactly what's going on. I have the same thing or, you know, it was so good to sort of have that, you know, response. It kind of shook me and reminded me like, Oh, okay, I'm not doing this alone. I'm not, you know, I'm not the only person that's <laughs> been a dancer and been injured in my life. Right. There, it's happened, you know, but it forever and ever, but it kind of, it feels that way. So it was kind of re- refreshing to have people respond and at least know that something I had said had affected them, you know, in a positive way or gave, given them reinforcement to like, okay, I can, you know, I can handle this or... You know, and then it made me think, okay, if I can, you know, I can handle it myself. I can do this. Yeah. You know, because, you know, you have to be a strong person to survive in musical theater. Yes, you do. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not a, for the faint of art. It's not all sequence. No. So let's talk about your dancing. Just the fact that you didn't get injured in some of your shows. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. The, the Kajal Full, just uh, for an example. Yes. You, well, one, you were the dance captain. I was the dance captain. And it won Tony Award for Best Choreography. Yes. So, just before we And talk, I was in the show. And I, wasn't, oh, I, wasn't, were, I was not a swing. I was the dance captain, and I was in the show. Uh, I just remember jump splits over the orchestra pit onto oh, yeah. the passerelle. Yeah. yeah. I, I, tell me about that choreography. That, I mean, that was amazing. It was... I, honestly, I don't even really know how... I did pre-pro before we started rehearsal for the show. There was like six of us that did pre-production with Jerry Mitchell. And um, I don't even really know how it came about. You know, Jerry's <laughs> like got this crazy energy and he probably was like, you know, honey, there's an orchestra pit and there's going to be a pass around. We're just going to throw you over and you're going to land in the splits. And we're all just like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, and it just sort of, I, I don't even know when I thought, I didn't even think twice about it. I kind of just thought like, yeah, okay. I didn't even flinch. I was like, yeah, I can do that. That's fine. What? I mean, and we did it. You know, eight times a week. It was bonkers. I mean, I think I counted at one time and I, I don't, I can't even remember now, but I did something like like something like 10 or 10 or 12 jump splits in one number like it was insane <laughs> like so crazy i mean yeah in in the dress and in heels too. yeah and a 35 pound skirt and a you know three inch heels yeah being thrown over an orchestra pit and landing on a passerelle and then believe me there were many times where i like would land on the passerelle and almost slide right off of it into the audience. That happened several times. There was a couple times where the boys that were throwing me kind of lost their grip or something as they were trying to throw me. And I, I remember one time their grip kind of slipped or something as I started to go over the orchestra pit and I didn't think I was going to make it over. And I got so scared that I didn't let go of them and I muscled them across with me to make sure that I made it. 
I kind of was like, if I'm going down, everybody's going down. And I just pulled everybody across, which was nuts. But, you know, I was like, it was like fight or flight. Like, I just got to make this work. I can't land on a tuba. No. Oh, no. my gosh. Yeah. So it was bonkers. And, but it would, you know, we did it. And it was impressive. And it worked for the number. And it was super cool. And, you know, it's kind of it's kind of fun to be in a number like that that, you know, is on YouTube or whatever now. And it's like, oh, that's me. I did that. Yes. You know. It's crazy. And it won Best Choreography, and you were the dance cat that ended pre-production. You must feel like you were part of that, obviously. Yeah, 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 definitely. And that was a show that, where the, I mean, the show itself is a beautiful show. I mean, it's such a beautiful show. But what Jerry did, and what he did with all of us, the with his cushels, there were 12 of us, and just, that he really wanted to maximize the dance quality of those numbers. Mm. You know, he really wanted to make them like giant production numbers and wanted the dancing to be amazing. Like you cannot watch this without being like, I don't know how that just happened. Yeah. And which is kind of what happened. That's kind of what he did. So it was cool. Definitely like a high point for me in my life, you know, being a part of that show. So kind of crazy Uh. and amazing. Well, I mean, to counterbalance a high point, sometimes you have to have a low point. So, how was Dance with the Vampires? Um, that was a different experience. It was uh, it was my first Broadway show, so oh, so it's it was high a, and low in one experience. Yeah, so I was really excited to be on Broadway, and then it sort of kind of was not the greatest. But I will say that I was I will I was assistant dance captain on Dance with the Vampires, and I was a swing. So it was my first time swinging ever. So that was a huge sort of uh, education and wake up call as to what a swing does in the world. Even though I kind of knew, but you know, it was kind of like, okay, this is what it's about. It's hard. It's really hard. And are you good at it? Um, I am. I'm good at aspects of it. Uh, I, I'm really good at sort of uh, thinking <laughs> quickly. In a situation, you know what I mean? I'm pretty, like, good at, like, seeing something that's coming towards me. I have to move or whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm pretty good in terms of that. And I'm also uh, pretty detail-oriented. So I try to get everything, like, really, really specific. And so it was, you know, I had to learn all those things. But it was a strange, the show was really strange. And, you know, it kind of started out like we all thought it was going to be amazing. And then we kind of got through a little bit of rehearsal. And it was like, mm this is weird. And then, you know, just kind of the further we went down the road, it was just kind of like, oh gosh, I don't know. I don't know where this is headed. Mm. It's just strange. But there were amazing dancers in that show. I mean, super talented dancers. So crazy. And, um, you know, a lot of the dancers in the show sort of choreographed little bits of, by themselves and sort of, you know, we were allowed to really, you know, create things that made them look spectacular which was awesome yeah you know and I think a lot of people that saw the show which was not very many people but um you know would have said oh my god the dancers were amazing you know it was a bit of a mess but (laughs) but there were great people in it you know so that was kind of cool no, that's at a, least. Oh yeah, and like yeah, it's I like my some of my flops, but I remember with Dance of the Vampires, people came up to me and they're like, "Well, it was almost as bad as Thou Shalt Not, but Thou Shalt Not was still worse." I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, like 
I'm yeah. not, like, years later, people still have to come up and, like... Like, really? You still have to bring that up? still have to bring that up? And yeah. why are you talking bad about Dance of the Vampires? Why are you happy that it's closing? I mean, people have that... Well, there's that sort of double-edged sword here in the community. You know what I mean? You want to see things, you know, succeed. And then on the other hand, it's always kind of fun to see something fail. <laughs> I know. It's... Especially when it's, like, crazy and... Like yeah. a vampire musical with Michael Crawford. I mean, you kind of want to succeed, see it succeed, but then you also kind of like, this would be fun to really right. see fail. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of part of, yeah. it's just kind of part of the biz, but it was interesting. You know, I had a, it was definitely a learning experience as a swing. We had a lot of people injured, like when we were in previews and I had to go on. I remember our invited dress the day before we started previews in the middle of the show, somebody went out with like an ankle injury I think and I had to go on I had no costumes nothing I had never been on the stage I had never touched the set I had never done any lifts with any girls I had never done anything and I remember there was one part that was eventually cut it was like this really weird like gargoyle solo course and um like doing like this like this gargoyle like doing turns in second in the middle of the stage by himself so why wouldn't you um but that was the part I had to do and I was and I didn't have a costume so I literally went on stage in the middle of this run through in black sweats and a black t-shirt and did turns in second on stage by myself in my blacks and I had friends there, and they didn't know. Like, all of a sudden, they were, like, looked on stage, and there I was in my sweatpants doing turns, and they were like, woo! You know? It was just so weird. So weird. So weird. Oh. But, you know, so that was really, you know, it was kind of a crash course. And then it's also that when you're a swing, you kind of have to, we end up doing things that, like I was kind of saying earlier, like, people, you know, things get choreographed on specific people. Like, that's what they do really well. And right. as a swing, it's kind of like, well, I don't necessarily do that thing very well, but suddenly I have to do that, you know? Yeah. Well, and could you swing on Lacage, get thrown across an orchestra pit and land the splits? They had to. It's <laughs> like, sorry. <laughs> Hope it goes well. <laughs> you know? <laughs> this is what it is, kids. Namaste. Good luck to you. You know? It's just the kind of nature of the beast. Yep. So, you know, it was kind of one of those moments where I was like, I have to do what? Okay. Like I had to do a dive roll through a window. I, I don't. I don't do dive rolls. Yeah. I don't. I've never seen the window. Like I've just things I had never done. Uh-huh. Suddenly I was like diving through a window, and like my elbows and my knees were. I, and I was a good like six inches taller than the guy that did it. Uh-huh. So it's like this like little compact little gymnast guy doing a dive roll through a window, and then there's me like a tooth, like a toothpick. You know, just like all elbows and knees, just like ow. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Um, But then you have an experience like Wicked that it's a big hit, long running show that uh, it's like a well oiled machine. Yeah. Whether it's Chicago or Broadway, totally. And you went into that show. Yeah, I well, I started. I uh, was in the Chicago company. That's when I started, and it had already been open like a year and a half I think when I joined and I was a swing there for two years and closed that company um, and then I started the second national actually and was a had a track they gave me a track and I did that for a year and then I came to Broadway and had the same track on Broadway for two and a half years so I got had a little bit of both experience like I had the swing experience on Wicked and I also had the track experience um, 
and it's it's interesting. You know, I'd been a replacement once before with Boy from Oz, um, which was different for me because you know the two experiences prior than that, I was creating my own stuff. Yeah. So it was cool. It was definitely interesting to like. Okay, you have two weeks. You need to like. You need to learn this. You need to crank it out. You know. You need to hear, hear, hear. It's not necessarily at the beginning about being creative. It's just like hit the numbers, hit the marks, do the choreography. You know hit your things so that was kind of like well look gotta learn you know pull your shit together <laughs> um but it was interesting to go into wicked and i also knew a lot of the creative people going into it you know i knew the uh karim mcfadden and mark myers were good friends mm. of mine they were dance supervisors and um you know so i knew some of the people attached to it so it was kind of easy going in you know but I, I loved it. I loved all of my time at Wicked. I really did. It was amazing. It came at the right time in my life. I hadn't been working. F- you know, I kind of was unemployed for about a year and a half and needed a job and just kind of got this great gig. And I sat in it for a while. You know, thankfully they didn't want to boot me out. They thought I was okay. You know, isn't so. that just the booting out thing is recent? Isn't that a new thing that they've been doing? Or oh no, yeah, no, and they weren't even no, that wasn't even happening at the time. But you know, you Which always is weird think, now that that can happen again. Totally. Well, and also like I also jumped from company to company. Like I closed a company out. You know, they could have just cleaned house when they started the tour and said, okay, everybody's out, new right. people in and. Thankfully, they moved me from being a swing to being a track, which I was kind of thankful for at the time, too. So Yes. You know, it was awesome, though. I loved Wicked. I loved doing that show. I loved the people connected to it. I loved every, almost every, almost every single person I worked with. Not all. Um, but I, I loved it. I loved working there. So that's great, because sometimes you think, and I'm told, with such a huge show that's like a government they call it government government job, job yeah that you don't you know I mean it's it's you get lost there and it's nice that you feel yeah like you don't. well I mean you can definitely feel like there are moments when you feel like or you can get stuck and you're like what am I doing here like what's happening you know but I what was interesting to me is it really posed the challenge of like how do I keep this interesting I want to stay here I love working I love making money I love making money that's not going anywhere I know this job is not closing you know right. so. I loved that, and I wanted to be stable and settled for a while. But with that comes the challenge of, like, okay, now how do I not get bored with what I'm doing? And to me, that was kind of a different, interesting challenge. Yeah. You know, it was a way to be creative within confines, which I think a lot of people don't know how to do. And I think a lot of people should know how to do that because... It's not an easy thing. It's a difficult thing. And if you can figure out how to do it, I think you're pretty gold. Like, that's an, you know, it's easy to be creative outside of a box, but now we put you in a box. This is what you have to do. This is the costume you wear. This is, you know, the four or five people before you have worn it. Yeah. This is what they do. This is what you, you know, and you have to try to keep it fresh and be excited the 3,000th time that you've done it and yeah. still look like you enjoy what you're doing and there's a purpose to what you're doing. That's really difficult and I think that that was like a great lesson for me and I really respected the people that did that and are still doing it over at Wicked. I really do. A lot of people don't. I think a lot of people think that if you sit in a job for a long time, for years and years, a lot of people kind of think like, oh, you're just like, 
I'm not selling out, but you know what I mean? I think people think, like, why would you want to do that? Oh, it just seems so stifling and blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, but there are great things about it, and it's difficult to do. It's hard to do an eight-show week for five, six years. Oh, I mean, uh, yes. You Anybody try to do it, you just go right ahead. It's really difficult. Mm-hmm. So I really kind of tip my hat off to people over there. There's yeah. some great people, extremely talented people who are still show. present. I just saw the who show are recently. still good, yeah. who are still great in the show. So I, you know, uh, there is no shame in that game. I completely agree. And you said the word interesting. One of your, the shows you did was extremely interesting. Uh, was taboo. Yes, that was interesting yeah. and creative. Yes, but not monetarily satisfactory. No, at all. no. critically, it was also. Pan. Yeah. So, like, how is that? Because, I mean, everyone who was involved in Taboo, yeah, they just talk about the experience yeah. um, of what happened together inside that theater yeah, as being wonderful. Yeah. But what else? Everything else was not. Well, it, oh my gosh. I mean, that was, like, really sad. I mean, with Dance of the Vampires, it was kind of like, okay, this is not going to be great. But with, <laughs> but with Taboo, like, it was just so sad. Like, I just, I think everybody there wanted it to work so badly. Because it was such a beautiful, I thought, a really beautiful piece and really great music. And everybody that was in the building was super crazy talented. Mm-hmm. And just wanted it to work. And parts of it did and parts of it didn't. And it just didn't, never found, like, a audience, you know, which was kind of sad. And we were all sort of sabotaged by Margarita. certain, yes, media personalities. So I, I wouldn't even call them journalists, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Even though I have read your book, Razzle Dazzle. Um, uh, but, you know, it just was, it was hard. It was sad because I, that was a piece that I really had high hearts. It was honestly, I, I make a lot of parallels between Taboo and Kinky Boots because they were both written by 80s pop stars. You know, one was written by Boy George, the other was written by Cindy Lauper. They were both like extremely creative experiences going in and... Uh, you know, one just kind of succeeded and one didn't, you know, and there's different reasons for both. But, you know, I loved Taboo. And actually, everybody that I ever talked to that saw it was like, oh, my God, I loved that show. I actually saw it. I loved that show. I never talked to a person that says that they thought it was crap. Yeah, I agree. It's weird. It's kind of like, I I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I don't understand. Everybody that I know that saw it really liked it. But, you know... Just enough was, people weren't seeing it, I guess. But. Enough people weren't seeing it. It was the winter. We opened in December. You know, we closed in February, I think. Just was not great timing. Yeah. You know, and it was also the sort of whole, the whole media thing. And, you know, Rosie, bless her heart, was going through a lot in her own personal life. And George was... I mean, it was just a lot, you know. But it was a great show. I was really proud of it. Oh. Really proud of the work that we did, yeah. Too, because it was hard and different, and it was kind of like one of those shows we kind of felt like the like outsiders on Broadway a little bit, you know, like the punks, yeah, on Broadway doing this like weird '80s punk pop show. And it was kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, you know, to do something different that's creatively satisfying. Yeah. It's not like anything else. I'm no. like, bring it on. Yes. That's what I want from a career. I don't want to be in a bunch of like vanilla ice cream shows that are, you know, like booger boring and Yeah, and safe. Safe. I don't I mean that's lovely, you know. Good on you. But I don't yeah. 
I personally don't want to do that. I want to take risks. I want to do interesting things. I want to do strange things. Yeah. I'm like, I'll do a strange thing. I'll, I'll, whatever, you know, I'll do, I've done weird crap. Yeah. You know, and been better for it and had fun. Yes. This was interesting. It yeah. wasn't boring. Yeah. Kinky Boots is fun. It's, it's, it's fun. Amazing. It's so different. It has, I think it has such a great, great heart to it. Yeah. So how does this experience, this is your original cast. You, yeah. You, uh, did you also do pre-production on this? Yes. Yeah. And there's not a pastoral, so you didn't get thrown across. No, but there are treadmills and that was a whole other thing. <laughs> that was a whole other thing. Um, it's been awesome. I love this show. I have loved it since the beginning. I just, your what you just said is absolutely correct. It's that's the heart of it is what keeps it going. It's got such a big, great heart, and the story is wonderful. The message is amazing. It connects with everyone. It's fun, but you know you have a few moments where it really does touch your heart and really kind of gets you to think and. It's just a great show. It just has great energy to it, mm. you know. And Jerry is such an amazing, smart uh, guy to work with. I mean, he's just so like whip smart. It's crazy, you know. He's just really specific and will try anything himself because you know he's like, "Honey, let me do it." You know, he just like he's amazing. You know, we just did a bunch of crazy stuff and it ended up working. You know, we spent like a two or three weeks after we did the workshop, I think, like, working on treadmills was bonkers. Like, the stuff he was having us do, like, riding across treadmills and splits and, you know, putting the treadmills in different positions and jumping from one to the other and riding them like this and riding them like that and riding them backwards and doing a roll and doing, you know, I mean, just everything you could possibly do until he finally was like, okay, this is, you know, kind of whittled it down and it's just crazy and fun. Yeah, you know, there was never a moment where it, it was like, this is work. Right. You know, of course not. It was like, Cindy Lauper music is blaring. And oh, I... You're so on a treadmill and Jerry, you know, this six foot four god is like, you know... Yeah, screaming at you, split! Yeah, he's like, fall out, fall out! <laughs> you're like, okay! <laughs> okay, how is that not fun? Yeah. Yeah. So, this is a weird question, but this is the second time you've played a drag queen. Yes. And, um... I'm friends with Gary Beach, and yes. he would talk about Lacage and producers a yeah. lot. The fact that afterwards, people would be like, do you get to keep the gowns? you get to do that? That people assume since you play a drag queen, right. that you, you are, a, are drag a drag queen. Right. And is it how is that such a weird thing? Because you, you play a drag queen better than some of the drag queens I, I see <laughs> out there professionally. You know what I mean? I get to see a lot of them. I huh? did not say that. <laughs> but no, it's it's true though. Yeah. But yet you aren't a drag queen. No. So it's that how does that's weird to me. Well to me it's like and it's like a character. I'm putting right. on a character. I'm creating a character. You know, just like I would, like I said, like if I was in for the, a factory worker in Kiki Boots or if I was playing a vampire or if I was playing a monkey or if I'm playing a you know, an eighties drug addict or whatever. It's a character, just like anything else. So you just kind of have to, you know, say, okay, now what is this, you know, what does this character require? What is it required to act like a woman, to look like a woman, to stand or dance or move like a woman? To me, it's like a, it's like an acting challenge, you know, or a f- dancing, a physical challenge. I mean, I remember 
when I went in for Lacage, like I didn't consciously necessarily know how to dance like a woman. I kind of actually kind of thought about it. Like what makes women look like women when they dance? You know, I have tons of female dancer friends. Mm. So you just kind of look like, no, well, what makes you look feminine when you're dance? Well, your knees are, you know, instead of, you know, your knees are sort of always pointed towards each other. Your shoulders shift from being square to being angled. You know, you're, uh, you know, you stick a hip out, you stick, you know, everything is, has a, has a fluidity to it, but can also be sharp. So there's all of those little things that sort of add up what a feminine quality is to a dancer. And you sort of add those things in, you know, and then you kind of add your masculine or the innately masculine things about what you do. Kind of, you know, roll those things together and see what comes out. You know, it's just interesting. I just, I, it, it, you're right though. I, it's after, especially after I did Lacage for some reason, it was difficult to get work because people sort of thought, oh, you do that drag queen show, you know, you're in a drag queen show or you, you do drag or that's your thing or yeah. you're a drag dancer or whatever. And I'm like, no, no, no. I did work before all of this. Yeah. You know, because that's the kinky boots. People don't say, "Oh, you're a factory worker." No, but they'll say to. But they'll say, "Oh, you're you're a drag queen." Yes, and I'm like, "That's not. I don't do drag, though. That's not. Sure, I can do drag, but I don't necessarily want to, in my personal life. I don't want to do drag. I, it's really interesting, and it's hard for I think casting people sometimes to see you outside of being, especially if you do something for a long time, to see you outside of being a drag queen or doing drag you right. know it just sticks with people for some reason yeah you're just dancing as a character yeah and I don't get I don't really get why people can't see that kind of ir- is irritating but at the same time it's like I- I'm not mad at it I'm not mad that I'm playing a drag queen again in a Broadway show I mean I'm, in, I'm on Broadway for God's sake exactly so who cares I mean I'll be a monkey again if it, <laughs> I need to be a monkey again I don't care I'm I'm a repeat Pete. I don't give a shit. I'll do whatever. I'm here to like, you know, work and make money and live my life. Right. Yes, I don't really care about the, you know, but it's so strange how that sort of sticks with people. I don't, and I don't really understand where it comes from, honestly. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, maybe it only happens to those of us who do it really well. I think maybe you're right. I'm just saying. I agree with you. Uh, so, but now you actually also get to cover the men in the show. Uh, yes. That not just the, the angels. Yeah. Yeah. And are you liking the whole swing experience and, and this? Um, you know, it was, it's a, it was a little difficult at first, I think because, you know, there's, with, as a swing, you kind of go through that whole thing where you're like, you know, I just want to be on stage. You know, you, everybody is here to be on stage and perform. Yes. That's the gig. That's why we all got in the business really, you know? So to sit on the sidelines and kind of have to watch everyone else do that can be a little frustrating and can be, you know, kind of depressing. You're like, oh, God, I just want to get on stage. I just want to perform. So that part of it, I was kind of like, and I just come from like three and a half years of being on stage all the time. So I was a little like, ugh, this, you know, this kind of stinks. I wish I was on stage. But once I sort of got over that, I've kind of now, I've, especially now I'm a dance captain and I have to sort of know everything and swinging is the best possible way to know everything. That's true. You know, suddenly everything, I I have perspective from so many different points on the stage. I've had them all. Even I've gone on for female factory workers like once or twice. So even I know where they stand 
and what their perspective is within a scene. And that is like invaluable. You know, it's like a 360 view of a moment or a scene or a song or a dance. You get every perspective. So it's kind of cool to step into different shoes and see where things, how the puzzle pieces fit together, you know? And it's also cool, I think, as a swing here, because you get to play both sides of the coin. You get to, you know, be a big old ladybird and be fancy and, you know, be pretty and do fun things and, you know, do all that. And then you can be a factory worker and, you know, have a mustache and you're kind of a dirty guy in the corner that, uh, you know, maybe does meth in the bathroom or... (laughs) whatever you know it's like you're making shoes and suddenly you've never seen a drag queen before and there she is and you're like who are you you know it's awesome it's so cool to get to like play both sides of that coin is like it doesn't really happen in most shows so it's kind of nice to have oh sounds that sounds have the opportunity to play both is kind of cool yeah i don't think i could kick my leg to my face anymore though well i I can't. You will again. I will again, but <laughs> at you the moment, again. it's yeah, not yeah. quite up to the face. Do you like being a dance captain and having to give people notes and corrections, even though it's good for the good of the show? Sometimes that's difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah, notes is an interesting thing to me um, because you really end up being like kind of like a politician. You know, you kind of have to approach everybody, takes a note differently. Everybody. Uh, needs to hear a note in a different way. Everybody needs to, you know, everybody reacts to it differently. So you kind of have to approach each person differently, (laughs) you know, whether it's, and I, I have to say my sort of MO in terms of giving notes is that I usually cut everything with humor, which works really well. (laughs) Cause I tend to be a funny guy. So like, (laughs) I laughing so much today. I, you know, it, it helps to sort of give notes to sort of cut the tension of the fact that you're giving a note with a little bit of humor. People like that, it puts them at ease. Mm. It makes the conversation a little bit more casual as opposed to like me coming up to you and telling you what to do and shaking my finger in your face and like, you're wrong, this is wrong, or whatever. You know, it becomes a little bit easier if there's, if it's, you know, if you put a little sugar on it. Mm. You know, that's the Texas part of me. Oh, that's a good part of it. So, <laughs> so that's, uh, but you know that's it's not my favorite. The teaching of the teaching aspect, I I love. You know, sometimes it can be hard, and if you're if I'm rehearsing a lot of people, then it can be kind of exhausting. But that to me is really really interesting, especially like with this show. What's kind of been fun or different for me is that there are character people in the show that don't particularly dance, but there are things that they do in the musical numbers. So I have to tell them, you know you know, you're going to move over to number six on the word reeling or, you know, it's sort of more movement based than it is choreography or dance per se. So I have to figure out how way to get this, get a non-dancer to understand why, you know, what is the reason why I'm moving over here? You know, what's the impetus behind it? Where, how do I rationalize this to them so that they go, oh, okay, I get this. I understand why this is happening. You know, that to me, it kind of takes, makes dance more of a character study you know kind of integrates the acting and the and the dancing which is i think a little bit more interesting to you know it's easier for someone to like get into a studio and say okay five six seven eight arm left kick down you know that's a little bit easier for me that's like second which i could do right. at a time but it's you know makes it a little more difficult when you kind of have to sort of 
figure out how to explain the reason why somebody's moving to somebody. Yeah. That's a little bit different. Uh, so, no, it's that cool. makes complete it's, sense. It's kind of cool, and it's kind of opened my mind up to, you know, choreography, not just as dance, per se, but as movement and, you know, movement and dancing or and all of that sort of through character, through story which is what jerry does so well and also what i love i always thought i always thought of dancing as storytelling in some sort of way even if it's basic even if it's just about an emotion it's about something yeah and you're trying to convey that to somebody else that's why i do you know that's kind of why i got into it in the first place that oh. aspect of it so. i love that telling the story yeah so that's what's great about i mean they're def- dance captaining can be kind of difficult sometimes you know you're here a lot i work a lot a lot of long hours, long days sometimes, and sometimes I have to work on my day off, and I have to help mm. run auditions, and, you know, it's a lot of work, but, um, you know, but there are definitely rewarding aspects of it that I love. Mm. Yeah. Right. Well, before we wrap this up, I have, like, one question that's a little off topic. Yeah. Okay, Hugh Jackman. Yes. Mars. I- Gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> Gorgeous man. And I just... I don't think I've ever heard a negative thing said about that. No, I love... He is... He was so sweet. He may and I, I... I was only there for four months, so he might be like, Nathan who? But I adored him. He was super nice from the second I met him. He was so nice. It's one of those things that I didn't really understand until he did that show. That energy... The positive energy in a show comes from the top. At the, top, the person at the top is positive and happy and generous and kind that trickles down and the entire company will feel that and he was like the epitome of that he was such a nice man he was so happy to be there he was there every single day of the show he never called out he was amazing on stage he was energetic and charismatic and Uh just so kind and great and funny and i remember being on stage there was like a uh, number where he had to like change or he changed his clothes in the middle of the number and we were all sort of huddled around him like and I had to sort of you know I don't even remember what I did like take off his pants or I don't even know but it was just like he would like we would be doing this like change with him and he just had a pin spot on his face you know and he would like reach around and you know slap one of us in the ass or something while we're, or just make little comments it was so much fun so much fun just such a great guy I just, it was, that was such an amazing opportunity that I'm, even for four months was awesome to have. Mm. He's a gem. He's so talented, too. It's just crazy. Well, you are, you are crazy talented. And I I can just say for my, when I I see you on stage, my eye always goes to you. So I know. Probably because I'm doing too much. (laughs) Well, okay, that's that's what I'm looking at. But even like if you lose 5% of your flexibility, you're still going to be kicking higher than most other people on stage. Yeah. So you have to remember that, like, because you're going to get it all back. You're still going to be amazing. Just not to what you used to think you could do. Yeah. I love watching you on stage. Thank you. So if um, you had to pick one, maybe two most exciting experiences in show business for you or life, what would they be? Well, I'll just sit to show business. <laughs> um, <laughs> we don't want to be here all day. Um, definitely, uh, Lacage was like a super highlight for me. It was just magical and great. And working with Cheetah was like, I can't even... I can't either. 
I don't even know how that happened. I don't know. I mean, I do know how it happened, but <laughs> but I don't know like how it came into my life. Like it was just so sort of random, and then all of a sudden there I am in a rehearsal studio, like doing a trio with Kyle Taylor Parker, who was in the show formerly, and myself and Cheetah Rivera and Graziella Danielle is directing us, and I don't even know. I was like, I don't. How did this happen? It was magic, and she is like a unicorn. Amazing. Oh, she's going to do this podcast. She, she really? Yes. She, she's, I just adore her. Yeah. And even meeting her and working with her just opened my eye. Like, I just, it's magic. It gives me hope as a core, as a Corrine that I can have a career until I'm 80 years old. Yeah. She is living proof. She is it. She is a, she is the gypsy. Yes. There is no others. That to me, she is like the queen gypsy. She is, she is the proof that you can, that you can keep going. Um, so anyway, so that was a highlight. Love you, Cheetah. Um, and then I think, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I just in the past year have started done a little bit of work on a couple of plays. Oh and, no! Yeah, and I uh, mostly because of my relationship with Annalie Ashford, which was uh, from well, we did Wicked together, and then from Kinky Boots, she was in this show for a while, and then she left, uh, and she. I worked with her on You Can't Take It With You, and I worked with her on Sylvia. Oh, really? Yeah, doing movement with her. And that, like, working with her has, like, just been so inspirational, and she's an, also an amazing, crazy, talented, genius person that I can't even believe that I'm friends with her, because she's just awesome. And working with her has been really, really cool, and opened my eyes to like kind of like I said before like how choreography can be more about movement or character or storytelling and it's like been taking everything to square one being like super creative like being in a movement class like okay now you're a dog go okay what does a dog do you know just playing around just yeah. like you know me and Annalie crawling around a room I mean just so much fun and really has sort of helped me in this shift in my life where you know, I've sort of realized that as a dancer, my facility is changing. Well, what are my other options? Well, that's another option. You know, an option is to help to create movement and choreography, uh, you know, through storytelling, not only in musicals, but also in plays, you know, and getting to work with a friend doing stuff like that has just been like, my relationship with her has been so awesome. She's been so generous and kind of pulled, dragging me along that's so <laughs> behind great. her. Um, so that's definitely been another highlight, too. Well, you are yeah. so funny and so smart. I, I'm thrilled. Thank you for saying yes to this. Yeah, of course. Uh, if, what song would you pick to end your podcast with? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I saw this question. I didn't really know. And I'm going to say this only because I've been listening to it recently. This is so cheesy. There's a Megan Trainor song called I Love Me. And I have been listening to it like it helps me when I don't necessarily love everything about myself or I'm feeling down, it's literally, she's just like, I love me. I love me. I don't know about, she's like, I love all of you people, but I also love myself. <laughs> that sounds funny. So for today, please don't, let, please don't stick to this, but, because uh, I'm a big music person too, but for today, like, I love me is my, is myself. I love you too. Yeah! <laughs> I love me. I love me. I don't know about you. Ooh. 
But I love me. 